The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. When the Apostle John, the author of Revelation, says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, to what is he referring, especially when he says the Lord's day? And is there a difference between believing in Jesus and believing in Jesus for everlasting life? Uh, thank you for joining us today. This is Grace in Focus, the radio broadcast and podcast ministry of the Grace Evangelical Society. We're located in North Texas. We're glad that you're with us today. You can find out more about us at our website, faithalone.org. And I'll just mention our magazine with a free subscription. Grace in Focus is the name of the magazine. Full color, great articles. You can find out more about it at faithalone.org. Now with today's question and answer discussion, here are Bob Wilkin and Philippe Sterling. You have a question for Michael, and this is a tough one. Yes, Michael. We get lots of tough ones. But... <laughs> <laughs> yes, Michael, reading the Grace New Testament commentary. Good thing. Uh, yes. Good thing. He stays on page 621. And <laughs> okay. I don't know which edition he has. You know, right. Uh, but he says in Revelation 1.10. That's got to be the one volume because the other one's 1,334 pages. Oh. So Right. So he asks, it appears there that says that Sunday is the Lord's Day. And his question is, why do you state in the Grace New Testament commentary that Revelation 1.10 is referring to Sunday as being the Lord's Day? And I think you have the Bible Knowledge Commentary there. This commentary was by Dr. John Walvert. Yes, Dallas Seminary, Bible Knowledge Commentary. And he refers to his comment on Revelation 1.10. says, John's revelation occurred on the Lord's Day while he was in the Spirit. Some have indicated that the Lord's Day refers to the first day of the week. However, the word Lord's is an adjective, and this expression is never used in the Bible to refer to the first day of the week. Probably John was referring to the day of the Lord, a familiar expression in both Testaments. So in essence, his argument there would be that this is a reference to the day of the Lord that John in vision form was transported to. So he was to transported to like the millennium. Right. Well, to the period setting the stage for the so millennium. Like the, tribulation? The, the tribulation period to watch all the unfolding events okay. of the Lord's day in right. terms of judgment. So to me, that was surprising to see that Dr. Walvoord said that. And I found, I looked at a number of commentaries. For example, Beale, who's a New Testament scholar, he takes the same view. He says the Kuriake here refers to being carried forward by the Holy Spirit in a vision to the Lord's Day. But I also found JFB, which I think is Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown, right? And they said that the view that this refers to the day of the Lord is untenable. That's their exact word. That you're never going to get that from the Lord's day equals day of the Lord. And Mounts and Lang and Jameson Fawcett and Brown and Lenski all say this is a reference to the day in which Jesus rose from the dead, the day in which the church was born, the first day of the week. And they cite verses like John 20 and verse 19, where Jesus met with the disciples when they were gathered together in a room on the first day of the week. Acts 20 and verse 7, where it talks about Paul was in yes. Troas, and he's meeting with the believers there in Troas on the first day of the week. And also 1 Corinthians sixteen two, where Paul says to set aside money on the first day of the week. And so I would suggest that it's extremely likely, I can't say it's an absolute slam dunk, 
that the Lord's Day here does refer to Sunday. And I should mention, just a quick aside, that all our days of the week are messed up. Sunday refers to the sun god, the day of the sun god. Monday refers to the moon god. In fact, in Spanish, it's lunes, right? Yeah. And in English, it's Monday, but it was originally moon day. Yeah, so they're connected with pagan right. deities. And Thursday too. is Thor's day. Mm-hmm. Wednesday is Woden's day. Originally was Woden's day, the father of Thor. And Saturday is after the uh, god of Saturn. <laughs> All of these days are messed up. Same thing with our months. But all our days of the week are messed up. I kind of like having one day that we can say it's the Lord's Day. In fact, when I write my daily, I do to-do lists every day. And I've taken to using the European style. I put the day, like, for example, today, two, the month, one. I don't even call it. So day one of the week, day two of the week, except for the... The Lord's Day. Or or the month. In this case, I do the first day of the month, second day of the month, third day. But I don't do January because that's Janus, Janus. the god of Janus, or any of the other. Julius is July, you know, Julius Caesar, or Caesar Augustus, August. We have all these pagan names, and I just don't like it anymore. But anyway, my point is, yeah, I think this refers to Sunday, the Lord's Day, But is this a crucial issue? No. Am I going to break fellowship with somebody over this? No. So if, Michael, you think it's vitally important that this refers to being caught forward to the day of the Lord, okay. I don't see how that's going to really enhance or detract from your walk with the Lord. Amen. And we do know from other scripture that the early church met on the first day of the week. We're not required to meet on the first day of the week. And we do know that John also has given visions of the day of the Lord as understood from the prophets of the Old Testament and then fulfilled here. So it's not to deny that, but the natural understanding will seem to be that it's just he was in worship somehow on the Lord's day and got Got this vision. Got the vision. It's coming. It'll be here before you know it. What am I talking about? The Grace Evangelical Society's National Conference 2024. It will take place May the 20th through the 23rd at Camp Copus, an absolutely beautiful campground in North Texas, right on the lake with lots of recreation, great food, a great place to stay, wonderful fellowship, and wonderful free grace Bible teaching. It is time to start planning and getting registered for the National Conference 2024, May the 20th through the 23rd. Hope to see you there. All right, very good. You have another question there, Philippe. Well, coming back again, this is something that's reoccurring for people, so it's still good to address it. It says, is there a difference between believing in Jesus and believing in Jesus for eternal life? Because I hear you say that in order to receive eternal life, all you need to do is believe in Jesus. And at other times, I hear you say you need to believe in Jesus for eternal life in order to receive it. All right. Who's that from? This is from Zach. Well, I like that question. And I guess I would say when you read John 3.16, it doesn't say believing in him for everlasting life. We put that in for clarification because it's clear in the context that's what we're believing him for. He says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him will not perish but has everlasting life. Same thing in John eleven twenty five. I am the resurrection life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. 
It doesn't say he believes in me for resurrection. It just says, he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. It doesn't say, lives and believes in me for everlasting life, shall never die. But it's clear that's what this passage is talking about. What I would say is, when we say, believing in Jesus for everlasting life and believing in Jesus, we mean the same thing by both, right? Now, one is paired with the other. But the reason we often include for everlasting life is because in Christianity today, everybody claims to believe in Jesus, right? A hundred percent. If you're a Mormon, you claim to believe in Jesus. Jehovah's Witness, believe in Jesus. The Arminian who believes you can lose your salvation, I believe in Jesus. The Calvinist, I believe in Jesus. All Christendom. All of Christendom claims to believe in Jesus. What it means to believe in Jesus in the Gospel of John is different than what most people in Christianity believe today or mean by that expression. That's why we explain that. To believe in Jesus in John 3.16 does not mean I believe he was born in Bethlehem. It does not mean I believe he died on the cross and that he rose from the dead on the third day. It does not mean that I believe he's coming again. It means specifically that I believe he guarantees my eternal destiny simply by faith in him. I'll never perish. I have everlasting life, and I'm secure in him. And so to believe in Jesus in John's gospel is different than what it means in contemporary Christianity. Have you found that a lot, that everybody suggests they believe in him? Again, I haven't met anyone in Christendom, you know, whether it be Catholic or Calvinist or ever, who say, you know, I believe... In Jesus, meaning that I believe that he existed, that he died on the cross, that he rose from the dead. But yet at the same time, some of these might say, no, I can lose that everlasting life or I never will know I have it until I've persevered to the end and so on. But yet going to the Gospel of John, to believe in Jesus is to be persuaded that he gives everlasting life. So I really like that, Zach. In fact, I remember, you know, you and I both, Philippe, graduated from Dallas Seminary, and I remember getting, they used to have a magazine called Kindred Spirit, or or kind of a small publication. They've now got a magazine. but And I remember one Kindred Spirit, they talked about the fact that the Christians in Eastern Europe don't call themselves believers. You know what they call themselves? No. Repenters. And they don't say... I came to faith. What did you, you have your exact date? February of 1973. Yes. I believed in Christ for everlasting life. When someone read John 3.16 to me and okay. explained it and paired it with 1 John 5, 11 and 12, whoever really? believes in me has everlasting life. Well, so I came whoever to faith in September of 72, a few months before you, but I don't know the exact day because the guy who did that didn't say, now this is the day of your new birth. He was like, I'm giving you assurance. Well, I was given the Bible that day, and I wrote on the flyleaf of the Bible, February the 3rd, 1973, <laughs> as that day that That's I believed. Great. But you so, call yourself a believer. You don't call yeah. yourself a repenter. And so they point to the point they repented. Well, do they claim to be believers? Well, if you ask them, they'd say yes, but that's not their primary identification. Their primary identification is a repenter. The problem with that is John 3.16 doesn't mention repentance. In fact, the whole Gospel of John doesn't mention repentance. Paul's epistle to the Galatians, where he defends his gospel, he doesn't mention repentance even once. And so we need to realize that it's those who believe in him that have everlasting life, not those who repent. And it's not just any kind of belief. 
It's not anything I believe about Jesus. It's specifically believing that he's the Christ, the Son of God, John 20, 31, John eleven twenty seven, And to believe he's the Christ, the Son of God, is to believe that he guarantees my eternal destiny simply because I believe in him. With no works attached, no perseverance attached, nothing. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, right? By grace you've been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Same thing with John three sixteen or John four ten through 14. Once we drink the water of life, the living water, we'll never thirst again. Great question there, Zach and Michael. We appreciate your question, too. Keep the questions coming. And by the way, it's important that you make these questions short. And in the meantime, what are we going to do? We're going to keep grace in in focus. We would love to know where you are when you are listening to us. Please take a short minute to send us the call letters of this station and the city where you are listening and how many times a week you listen. Thank you. You will be helping us with our stewardship. Send it to radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. We are so thankful for our financial partners who keep us on the air. Every gift is tax deductible and very much appreciated. If you'd like to find out how you can give, go to faithalone.org. On our next episode, why is teaching about degrees of reward not a form of work salvation? Join us next time, and until then, let's keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.